Hello and welcome back. I hope you're doing good. December is finally here. Are you feeling festive or are you a bit of a Scrooge this year? Now, I can safely say right now, I'm not feeling festive at all. And then one day, it'll like hit me because all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm blasting out Step Into Christmas by Elton John or something. Man, I love that song. It's nearing that day and I am not ready for it one bit. This year is, it's going to be a bit of a weird one. No one really knows what's going on. But we're English, so I guess keep calm and carry on and all that bollocks. But tonight, you're in for a treat. Like I mentioned on the Instagram, I'm going to be doing a Christmas giveaway at some point. The design may or may not be out by this time this episode is live. Who actually knows? I'm the most unorganized person going. So if you fancy winning one of these amazing Haunted Show hoodies, uh, there will be a way. I just haven't thought of it yet. Probably should have thought of it before I mentioned it. Yeah, not the best. <laughs> But then again, that'll just be boring. Well, wherever you are, whoever you are, it's all fair game. It will be completely at random. I'll get in contact with the winner and I'll get it shipped. The hoodie will, of course, have our new and awesome logo on, which I can't thank you enough for. An amazing person who you should definitely follow on Instagram. Now, their username is Elk and Bloom. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. E-L-C-H-A-N-D-B-L-U-M-E. So if you're listening to this, I can't thank you enough, and you nailed it. It's amazing. We'll see how it goes. I kind of want to do the giveaway sooner rather than later, because I want you guys to receive it before Christmas actually comes. And luckily enough, we have uh, we actually have listeners from all over the world, So, which is still just mind-boggling to me. It's, it's ridiculous. I know I've only done a few episodes, and the show's only a few months old, but... She's my baby, man, and I've watched it grow and do some amazing things. From, like, our first ten listens to the hundreds and now thousands, right? It's literally crazy, and you guys are to blame, so thank you again. And I promise you at some point, I will get on with this episode and give it a rest with all this mushy shit. So, I just feel humbled, and it's amazing. Plus, I had to add this to this episode too. I've posted it quite a few times on the Instagram this week because it's literally been insane. I had a real crazy, I can't find the type of words, type experience. Now, this week really has been the week from hell. I've been super stressed out with work and was in such a bad mood driving home the other day. So I was listening to Sasquatch Chronicles, actually, which is an amazing podcast. If you guys haven't heard of it, by the way, it is so good and is up there with one of my favorites. Getting back to it, though, I was driving down some country roads and it was winding the usual typical country roads over in England, right? And it had like trees leaning, leaning over, creating a canopy. Then I noticed this really bright light in the center, and it just looked out of place. Now, it must have been weird because I couldn't, have take, I couldn't take my eyes off it. It was just pure white, and kind of the best way I can describe it is like shining a torch in like mist or fog. So like the center of it was really kind of bright. And then around it was like you could tell there was a center, and then the rest around it was kind of... It was a kind of blurry, but... It was wide. <laughs> it's really hard to explain. I can't go into dimensions or anything like that because it was cloudy. It was just this white light. Then as I get nearer and nearer, it's literally silent. And then some weird kind of whoosh or some like subsonic kind of sound. It just shot off. And then as it shoots, it leaves like a light trail. And then same trajectory and everything. Like two more follow it. It, it was all in sync and... It's been crazy and amazing. It, <laughs> yeah, I literally, I, I can't explain what happened. It was the most solid kind of proof I've had of any extraterrestrial or UFO life out there. I, yeah, 
I've had some kind of experiences before which I could in ways try and rationalize it in some way but this it literally I this blew my mind it was mad but yeah it's been an eventful one but let's finally go on with this episode shall we Let's start with a little bit of a backstory. Before we dive in, I want to say a huge thank you to the Facebook page named A History of Abandoned Kempton Park Hospital. This page was a large part of my research, and it looked like these guys had covered a lot, posting details, their own thoughts and theories on the topic, and it made for a really interesting read. And the whole place is such a mystery, so it's helpful to kind of have some solid evidence over there. So, thank you guys again. So, Kempton Park is really a place oozing with mystery and the unknown. How can a thriving hospital in South Africa turn all but abandoned almost instantly? Patient notes, furniture, medical equipment still lay in ruin. Why did everyone leave so suddenly and what actually happened to the Kempton Park Hospital? Now, Kempton Park Hospital was built and opened officially to the public in 1978. It opened under the former Transvaal Province Hospital. The hospital itself is situated in Birchley, which is a quaint residential suburb just outside of Kempton Park. During its time of being opened and used, it was quoted as being one of the very best medical facilities in the country. The Kempton Park Hospital also changed its name to the Kalami Hospital during its time of opening too. So it really seems like a pretty nice place, right? And from the quote of being one of the finest medical facilities, you'd think, you'd be thinking what could happen. Well, that question has been on everyone's mind since 1996 when the hospital suddenly closed its doors. Now, we really don't know much about why it shut so suddenly. All we know for a fact is that on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, the facility shut its doors for the last time. Since that very day, it sat there vacant and dilapidated, making it a hotspot for urban explorers and budding photographers. But people getting into the facility got a lot more than they bargained for, as disembodied voices, footsteps, shadows moving, and even in some cases, physical contact. So this vacant building soon earned its reputation for being one of the creepiest places in the country. Of course, paranormal investigators didn't take long to catch wind of this, and began doing some actual investigations of the facility. Walking through the hospital, or what's left of it, that is, it's hard to imagine that this building was one of the best medical centres in the country. Through the hallways, they are crowded with unoccupied beds, operating tables, incubators, open and damaged filing cabinets and ancient computers. The sheer amount of equipment inside this building was estimated to be in the tens of millions of rand, an estimated 15 to 20 million. So instead of trying to go in and save some of this equipment and actually reuse it, the government decided to just put a patrol and develop a security team to manage the perimeter. Oddly enough though, the security team was costing the government around 1 million per year, so how can they actually justify that? Why not go back in there? What actually happened? Or did something so awful happen that they feared to go back inside the building? Like I mentioned, prior paperwork is strewn everywhere, and intrepid explorers who have managed to sneak in have stated that they have even found copies of documentation of their own birth certificates and data of when they were born many years ago. Now, researching how much everything actually costs, it seems that the figure was stated was very accurate. This was by no means a small hospital. It featured nine large operating theatres fitted with top-of-the-line equipment of the time. Now, I had no idea about this, but the lights in the operating theatre cost in excess of 20,000 rand. Also, a fun fact I actually learned the other day. The reason an operating theatre is so cold is due to the fact that the lights are so powerful. They needed to keep it cool and stop them from overheating as electricity tech back then wasn't advanced as it is today. So aside from the theatres alone, this place was suited with all the equipment that could really help so many people in need. 
people who couldn't seek medical attention now because the place was shut, putting pressure on the surrounding hospitals. Even the incubators themselves. It stated that the surrounding hospitals, they actually had to use cardboard boxes to care for the newborn babies due to the lack of available incubators. So why not just retrieve them? Why were they left there to decay and ruin? Since its closing, the facility has been surrounded in controversy. That fateful night in December will forever be a mystery. The Gutang Department of Health made the statement, saying that they were taking in no new patients due to a staff shortage, but never denied they, but never stated that they were actually closing the hospital itself. Now, the exact reason why it closed is still unknown today as it was back then. The Mayor of Health and MEC of Johannesburg made a very brief statement about the place having a limited utilisation and inappropriate location which all clearly stands out in a huge contrast to the nearby hospitals who are now under extreme pressure and a heavy load since the hospital's closing. But there seems to be more to the Kempton Park mystery. If you were to go to the hospital, you would assume that the medical practitioners examining you would be highly qualified and adequately trained, right? Looks like Kempton Park was hiding a very significant secret. This takes place during the years of 1982 to 1990 and follows a Dr. Andre Johannes Esterhausen, in which he admitted in a written statement that he did not possess any of the required knowledge, experience, training, or skills which are expected of a qualified doctor. For eight whole years, this man betrayed the trust of thousands, with nothing more than high school certificate. Now, Dr. Johannes may have gotten away with him if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Sorry, couldn't resist. <laughs> a woman who remains anonymous questioned his abilities, but he continued to work. After a few more reports, he began to get shadowed around the hospital and was assigned someone to make sure his practices were up to scratch. Well, it didn't take long before his shadow realised that his practice was awful. So awful, in fact, that he was fired immediately and sued on countless accounts of medical malpractice. Now, there is a list of people that were affected by his medical prowess, but it doesn't make for good reading, so I'll leave it out. It really is shocking what this guy has done to so many innocent lives and a lot of children as well. He was sent down for 25 years in totals, being charged with two charges of fraud, three counts of assault, and over 10 counts of culpable homicide. When asked if he wanted to say anything before the court, he stated that, If I am sent to prison, I will proceed to travel the narrowest of roads. If I have some time left to spare, I will study medicine. Well, looks like he's going to have plenty of time to spare inside. Maybe try and learn from the countless mistakes and lives he could have actually saved. Back in the hospital itself, over the spilt over coffee cups and overfilled ashtrays in the staff room, there lingers the feeling of uneasiness on what actually happened on that Boxing Day night. Looks like everyone was having a nice time relaxing. Admittance was low, yet everything remains. No signs of a struggle, everything was just left as is. An investigation and interview was held by Charmaine Roos of Phoenix Paranormal, South Africa. They had a very productive investigation and witnessed quite a lot but there was an odd spirit that looms there that they couldn't quite comprehend. They went out with the usual equipment, infrared sensors, SB7 spirit boxes, voice recorders, cameras, the whole lot. After many light anomalies and shadow people, they finally caught a full-blown apparition on the SLS cam, standing alongside a female investigator with them. Now this figure was seen making very sexually suggestive movements to this woman, and it stated that she could feel his presence alongside her. They managed to take multiple pictures at the time, but no apparition could be seen, purely just the manifestation of its energy, and the clear outline making these gestures to this woman. Alongside the SLS imaging, they also captured a few EVPs, which I know most of you know what this means, but 
it's, it stands for electronic voice phenomena for all you newcomers. There's a lot of confusing terms out there, but you'll get the hang of it. Just stick around. Now, these EVPs are recorded in Afrikaans, so I'm not going to make it through pronouncing them without offending anyone, that is. But the rough translation to English is, help me, it's dark, I can't see in here. And the voice that came through sounded like a, a young child sobbing in between each word. Then the theatre door slammed shut, capturing their attention. And a strong, stern voice came through saying, no theatre, no go in, pain, and leave. Of course, these were in Afrikaans again, so I translated them. So, of course, like any investigator, what do I do? Of course they go in. Dude, as much as I love this, Jesus Christ, you're crazy. As if something like that happens and you're like, yeah, let's go in. Let's go find out what's going on, shall we? Maybe if I was with someone, I would do. But if I was by myself, I'd be running out that door. <laughs> so they enter the theater and find some very peculiar objects. A human skull was found cracked open on the floor. And the body and the dried blood puddle of a goat was found in the corner. The group finished up their investigations and left the premises, closing the front doors of the once lavish hospital once more. Another thing I forgot to mention is, of course with the security, uh, which is still active today, you can't actually get in this place without permission. It gets a lot of trespassers, but you can get fined a lot of money. And apparently uh, looking up through the research it's really hard to get permission to actually get into this place i know a lot of these kind of paranormal investigative shows want to go in there but the struggle to get an actual permit to go in is ridiculous apparently it's almost as uh what was it the pavalia episode where you have to get the permission and the mayor has to take it off himself it's almost that difficult right so it really makes you think what is actually going on in there why hasn't anyone gone in to kind of take back everything that was there you've got all this medical equipment and i don't know if medical equipment has an expiration i'm, I'm presuming it probably does but but even so that stuff is probably still worth thousands why just get a military and why just get a military team and make it secure it just doesn't add up right there has been plenty of times through the years when the government had even got the funds together to renovate the place or completely demolish it and start again anew, but it never came to fruition. It really is one of the most unexplainable cases. The millions they spend each year guarding the place. Now, I don't want to make up stories or anything like that, but it seems to me that something definitely happened here. Was it some kind of outbreak that they tried to keep on the quiet, or possibly something different? Was the place already haunted so they decided to shut the place down? Or maybe it was the fake doctor's reputation diminishing the hospital's credibility. I guess one name can truly tarnish a reputation, can't it? Either way, it's just absurd to me that this place can still be derelict, with all that that is inside of it. The mystery of the place truly continues. Even with a brief scan on YouTube, I've seen countless videos of the place and inside, some with permission and some not. And the place is exactly as I described, just completely full. Looks like society just completely vanished from inside, yet everything inside is still there. You can see tables and chairs pulled out, like coffee cups on the side, like I said, used ashtrays in the staff room, medical equipment in the rooms, in the wards, all the operating, all the equipment in theatre is out, the surgical tools. But of course, due to people breaking in, it has got its fair share of graffiti and litter, and people hanging out and doing all sorts in there, so teenagers looking for a place to chill or get a quick scare seems quite common. But
But anyone who goes there seriously does have a scare. Look, just having a look around it, it seems that it's really common that you hear voices of small children or dominant older men. Now, I don't know why, but all the reports I've found seem to be young children, old men, or old men with a powerful voice as well. So I, I don't want to say old men, a young man with a powerful voice. I, I don't know, but it's, it's just curious, right? How can so many people only hear the same things? It just kind of solidifies that they're actually hearing it right. Where well, my perspective, anyway. Could this voice be? Could these voices be the children who lost their lives due to Dr. Johanna's neglect? That's another theory I'm thinking of. And of course, the fact is that the hospital, yes, they are places made to help you and get better. But a hospital is a place that will hold and gather so much energy over the years, more than anywhere. People fighting off disease almost on death's door, putting all they have on surviving. Can some of that energy linger? And if so, then surely a hospital must be radiating energy of some sort. Which actually leads me to another point. In researching and writing up notes for this episode, it made me really think that I want to feature some stories strictly in these kind of hospital facilities. Just because, like I said, if there ever was a place full of life and death and everything in between, it would have energy in just abundance, right? Because you think of a hospital, so you think you go to a hospital to get help to get better, but of course so many people pass away in hospitals and you've got so much just an onslaught of just raw emotion you get happiness new life and then extreme sadness life passing you've got the whole cycle so if there ever was a place that's going to hold it and experience all these things it's definitely got to be a hospital right it's it just seems absurd to me that we don't have more stories of hospitals being haunted now i don't know if it's just me that hasn't come across any of these but but yeah i haven't actually so I'm definitely going to keep my eye out, and if you know any haunted hospital stories or any places near you, I'd definitely be interested in seeing. In seeing? I'd definitely be interested in hearing your stories. I do really hope you have enjoyed this episode. It was a really interesting one to do, purely because the research was really intense. It was hard to find out anything about this place. It's so safeguarded that even public knowledge is limited. So likely, there are people out there who shared some knowledge that I could pick up on. If not, this definitely would have been a shorter episode. Now, I'm not sure how long this episode will be, as I feel that I haven't actually dug that much up. Purely finding out what I can and speaking to some people who have actually been there. Now, like I said, the Facebook group, The History of the Abandoned Kempton Park Hospital, really did a solid there, because I found so much information purely off them. Just looking online, there really isn't that much going. It seems like such a weird and strange mystery that no one knows everyone's got these theories and trying to justify what happened because during the time uh, the hospitals surrounding it were so overwhelmed that why wouldn't the government step in and try and retrieve some of this equipment surely it's just enough a building right they can go in take that equipment share it out with the surrounding hospitals and the job's good right why pay all that money for a security team to patrol it you're costing a, the government a million a year. Now, that's a lot of money for just someone to patrol a derelict building which has been derelict since 1996. So you think about it, that was, what, 14 years ago. So that's 40 million alone, which just seems absurd. 
I feel that I haven't dug up that much information. This place is really kind of safeguarded and it's the whole episode is going to be kind of my theories on the place as I've kind of stated what I have found. But they're really, it's hard to find anything. I'll be interested to find out if anyone knows anything more about the place. And from what I've looked up, it's still there. It's still derelict. People still go in. Urban explorers alike, they go in, get pictures. And there's a lot of pictures out there, especially on Instagram. There seems to be an abundance of them. But yeah, I've I've done my best trying to look up what I can. And if I dig up anything else in the future, I'll of course update you. But as far as the mystery of Campton Park Hospital goes, it looks like it will forever remain unknown. If you yourself have any information or know anything about the hospital, please do get in touch. It'd be great to find out as much as possible. As for everyone else, if you enjoyed this episode, I am eternally grateful. I love doing this show. It's as much fun as it was on day one. But if you would like to support the show, a review on Apple Podcasts would do us wonders. It helps us get seen, and if you're like me, I scour reviews before I watch or buy anything. It's a real struggle. <laughs> and if you want to help in any other way, uh, follow our socials. That really helps to me to get in contact with you and find out what you like. Our socials are That Haunted Show, all one word, pretty much every platform you can think of. And by clicking the link in the, my bio on Instagram, you can be taken to my webpage, where you can find all the episodes and links to listen to them on pretty much Every single platform you can like, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, I don't know if I said Spotify, I might be just repeating everything now. (laughs) But yeah, we really are everywhere and it couldn't be easier to listen to us. Well, to listen to me, my voice. I don't know why you'd want to do that. Also, a new feature I'm trialling is the donation tab on the top right of my screen. If you like what you hear, feel free to donate. Like I said, there is no obligation, but it would be greatly appreciated. Which leads me on to the next point. Christmas is nearly upon us, and hopefully by this time this episode goes live, the hoodies, or at least the designs, will be out on the Instagram. So, if you're interested, keep an eye out, because they'll be coming out soon. Now, if you have any ideas or recommendations that you want to hear next, I'd really be interested, because I'm... I want to do more research episodes. Like I was really interested in doing this one, but it was so hard to find any information. So if you guys actually know any other stories or any other places, urban legends or anything like that, I really want to do a deep dive and go, just go crazy on it, right? So I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I apologize for the shortness of this episode again. It was more of kind of a mystery episode. With a little bit of haunting in there, of course, because that's what we do over here at that haunted show. I love you all out there. You've been great. So stay safe, stay spooky, and good night.